Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. So it's the end of another year. So how's it been for you? If you were to get a performance review of your job as a spouse, would you have been a rock star, rock star or a needs to improve? Did you make resolutions to improve your relationship at the beginning of the year, but somehow things really haven't changed? Well, first off, don't beat yourself up because you're not alone. It takes more than just desire and willpower to make real changes in your life. And that's what my guest, mindset coach and best-selling author, Dino Sutter, is here to explain. So, Dino, thanks for coming on the show and tackling. <laughs> I don't know if this is, you know, if this is a difficult topic, if this is, uh, I mean, I don't even know what we want to call this. Yeah, no, well, thank you for having me. I, I think it's just going to be a really fun conversation about how do we shift frameworks and the way that we interact with the world. And uh, obviously with our partner, which is very important because that's the person we should be spending the most time with uh, in the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I think it's a really great foundation for shifting things that are existing in our lives anyways. So I think this is a great topic. So, I mean, I know this is what you do. You're a mindset coach, which is such an important thing. So, but, so what actually drives someone to want to make changes in their life in the first place? Pain. Okay. Let me just be real honest. Right. I think when the pain of staying the same Mm-hmm. is greater than the pain of change people change so okay and and i realize that's what drives the change mm-hmm. and what makes it even possible but what actually makes some i mean so because a lot of times i think people want to theoretically in their minds they go oh yep. i want to change um, you know, one of the examples I use with my clients all the time is how many people do you know in this moment who say they want or need to lose weight? <laughs> and then my next question is, and how many are actually taking action to do it? Yep. Because there's a theoretical, yep. oh, I'd like to lose weight or I'd like to have a better relationship or I'd like to get a new job or whatever the I like, I like, I like is. But then the rubber beats the road and we get stopped. So I, I this is what I do. <laughs> this is 100% the issue, right? I think everybody knows there's areas in their life they need to change. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a physical, if it's an intellectual, emotional, uh, if it's a relationship, there's, there's always things, a job, professional. Everybody knows that there's room to grow. The, the problem is that we have these programs that exist from the past that dictate our present and limit our future. So I always tell people, your brain is a supercomputer. Good Uh news. Uh, (laughs) It has unlimited capacity to process any program and create any reality you want. But there's a catch. It only runs the programs you feed it. Uh And 90% of them come from the past. So at the same time, you were learning how to uh, walk and talk is the same time you're also learning how to process complex emotions. Uh, And that's a a problem because with walking and talking, the more you repeated it, now you don't think about it at all. 
But if you kept repeating those same emotional responses, which many people have, mm -hmm. and you apply that now as a 40-year-old man or a 40-year-old woman, that is going to cause problems because I don't want my emotional child showing up uh, <laughs> to a complex relationship. Uh, and so, so that's what I work with is helping people figure out that it's not their fault Mm -hmm. They're behaving in certain ways, but once they're aware, it is their responsibility. And yeah. how do we start to address the programs from the past or even be aware that they exist in our subconscious because they're running on autopilot? So how do we do that and then start to reprogram them so that they, they benefit us today? Right. Well, I mean, I love that you talk about, because this is one of the things that when I'm talking with my clients, when I hear their stories, when I hear where they've come from, what their growing up was like, whatever, it's like, well, of course you would behave this way yeah. because you know, it, it makes complete and perfect sense. Yeah. But then I do love that you say that when we, when those things are brought into our conscious, when they're brought to the table, it's like, now we we're not now we have the responsibility to do something different. And I think that's where people get caught, especially in relationships, because I would like to tell people, oh, when you're a member of a relationship, you have a built in scapegoat. You know, yeah. if you would if you would if my partner would just stop doing this or if my partner <laughs> would start doing that, everything would be fine. Not yeah. recognizing that I'm playing into that. And that's what you're yeah. saying with with the programs and the stories and our experiences, right? Yeah. So I, I um, it, it's funny because we all have a worldview. Mm -hmm. We all have a, a frame of reference. It's what we've been exposed to. Uh, there was a great analogy and I can't remember who gave it, uh, but I always loved it. It's these little kids who are in Kentucky in the middle of nowhere and are unaware of everything else in the outside world. And so every day they go outside and they play in mud pies. Mm -hmm. And they make mud pies, right? They play in the mud. They make these mud pies. They're so much fun. They have fun with their friends and then they go back inside. Well, one day their parents come out and say, hey, we're going to go to Disney World tomorrow and uh, it's going to be amazing. Well, the kids have no reference of what Disney World is. So they cry. They mm. throw fits. They, they tell their parents that they're evil and they're awful and that they're not <laughs> helping them and that they don't love them. And the, kid, the parents are like, no, we, you're going to love it. And they're like, mm -hmm. no, this is we know this. And this makes us feel safe and comfortable. And so, of course, they go off to Disney World mm -hmm. and they come back and it's never the same. Mm. And this is really what happens is we get so caught in a rut where we're willing to accept mud pies mm -hmm. instead of opening up the possibilities of Disney World in our lives. But we don't know we're doing it because we don't have the tools or the skills to bring what's in the subconscious out into the conscious and then start to choose what do we want? Because they can go back and still make mud pies if they want. Right. But they now know the difference and they know they don't have to choose that anymore. Well, I mean, and again, that's an interesting position. And and, and this brings up, you know, my what one of my least favorite words in the English language, which is should, because yeah. I think that that can also play into it that that these changes that we are considering making aren't really something that is drive is coming internally. It's coming externally. Well, th this is the way it should be. You should do this. You should want this. Like, 
So talk about that word and how what what role it plays in in. This. I always say, stop shooting on me, <laughs> right? <laughs> because it legit is that uh, should is just another word for expectation, mm-hmm. and expectations are just when somebody else. Typically, it's somebody else placing their values mm-hmm. or their uh, desires on you, mm-hmm. and um, and it's up to you what you do with that. But typically when we're experiencing those um, expectations, they come in the form of triggers. Mm-hmm. So some people call me the trigger ninja <laughs> or the trigger guru, which I always think is really funny. Uh, and, and part of it is because I always say that triggers are a gift mm-hmm. because they tell you two very important things. Number one, they tell you what you care about because you're, you're never triggered if you don't care. So That's true. if you think mm-hmm. you're an a-hole, Right. Mm-hmm. And somebody calls you an a-hole. You're like, yeah, that's how I make my money. Sorry, I'm good. <laughs> I, I, that's great. High five. You get me. I appreciate that. And by the way, we love those people when they can admit that mm-hmm. and they own who they are. But if you think you're sweet and kind and compassionate and caring and somebody calls you an a-hole, what happens? Right. You have that in, you have that immediate internal well, and you start to you start to get emotionally hijacked and then mm-hmm. you start to get defensive and maybe you call up your mom and say, hey, I'm home. And they're like, no, of course not. And then you <laughs> call up your friends and then if they're in the same friend circle, you might start talking trash and gossip mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. this stuff, all because of this comment that was made by somebody who's having their own issues that day and it had nothing to do with you. But that's like an expectation when it's theirs until you take it on. And when you take it on, that's usually tapping in to a program and so that's the other side of the gift so the gift is number one you get to learn what you care about so if you care about being kind and somebody calls you an a-hole you're going to know uh-huh. and number two you get to start to understand the program underlying it that is making you get triggered so what role does do triggers play in making changes it sounds as if maybe a trigger can be um an impetus to make change, but it also sounds as if it can get in the way. Am I understanding that right? Well, so triggers are just, they're a thing. Okay. It's what we do with them, right? Sure. So what I do is I help my clients become hyper aware of triggers. And so even by being aware that you are being triggered, Uh you actually are interrupting the trigger or the old program, which is such a gift. So I'll give you an example. Um, if you walk into a bar and say you're single uh-huh. and uh, you look at somebody that you think is attractive at the end of the bar and they give you a weird face, uh-huh. that is a triggering experience. Yeah. It might make you go into your phone, start looking for anything to distract you, might make you feel small, feel like they don't like you, you can't talk to anybody, that you look ugly, there's something wrong with your outfit. Like You can build this entire world off of that <laughs> one look because the person had gas. and. So the, the, the reality is um, it's what you do with it. But if you know you're getting triggered and you're aware of it, you go, ooh, I'm getting triggered. By it. What, what is that tapping into? Uh-huh. Ah, that's tapping into this old program that says that I'm irrelevant. Mm-hmm. But I know that's not true because I've done the work to figure out I am relevant. So I don't have to buy into that. And instead, I'm going to lean on the other side of irrelevance, which is I'm very relevant. And people who get me are the people I want to interact with. And if that person doesn't get me, that's okay. It doesn't make them bad or good. It makes them left or right. And so I'll let them be over here on the left path. I'm going to go on the right path and find people who get me. And I'm going to go up to the bar and I'm going to shine. And I'm going to be who I am because I'm going to draw that person. Two different experiences. Yeah. 
again, a trigger is not good or bad. Uh, I say it's a gift if you mm -hmm. know how to use it. But if you don't know what's happening, you can get emotionally hijacked. And when you get emotionally hijacked, that can last for minutes, hours, days. So, um, yeah, so that's the that's the role of triggers in our life. And right. in fact, I always say triggers are really powerful because it's the only way I know how to access what's going on in the subconscious. Interesting. Because how else are you going to know what, what are those programs? If you have but, a virus on your computer, and um, how do you know? Well, you know when you open up uh, your Excel and there's a right. glitch and you're like, oh, that's weird. Is right. it Excel or is there a virus? Or if your screen monitor does something, right? Or uh -huh. if your thing shuts down, you're like, there's something wrong here. Trigger is just telling you there's something wrong here, that there's a program that's not serving you on there. And then once you're aware of it, it's up to you what you do. Do I ignore? Do I never open up my Excel again? Do I pretend that the screen going, uh, you know, glitching is normal, so it's comfortable, so I don't have to change? Or do I say, okay, there's an issue? But okay, so so you were talking about giving the example of walking into the bar and, and all yep. that and, and feeling like, oh, I, you know, I, I'm irrelevant or whatever. And then you're talking about tapping in into doing this work. And, and we'll get a little bit more into this in just a bit. But, but most of us are walking around not even recognizing one, our triggers or two, that we actually have any control over them. Is, and is that part of what gets in the way of, of making real change in our lives? Well, uh, yeah. So I would say um, becoming really aware of your triggers mm -hmm. is such a gift because number one, again, all the trigger is, is an external stimulus that is triggering a old program. So the external stimulus, uh, and I tell my clients this all the time, and it's funny because one of them called me the other day and said, you know, Dino, I was having a moment and I remembered the phrase so well, and it just gave me such freedom. And the the external stimulus, no matter what it is, has nothing to do with you. So okay. somebody can call your name, somebody can troll right. you on Instagram, somebody can punch you in the face. <laughs> that has nothing to do with you. That has to do with their programs. But as soon as you make it about you, as soon as you run the old program, then it is about you. Mm -hmm. As soon as you own that. Well, and that's so important when we're talking so about re relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Because we will feel like th what you do uh, many times in these programs, I, I uh, have a thing called the AOT, right? And it walks mm -hmm. people through this. We create stories about other people's motivations. Mm -hmm. So you're doing the dishes and, uh, you know, you're scrubbing them and your, your partner comes in and drops a plate in the sink where you're washing the current dish in your hand. Mm -hmm. you get triggered. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're going to place on them all these motivations and you're going to justify all these motivations of theirs because of all this history you have with them and all these other things. Mm -hmm. But really all you're doing is you're putting on them. And, and by the way, this is a true story. Mm -hmm. uh, you're putting on them in your mind, all of these motivations, they don't respect me, they don't love me, they, they think I'm the maid, they mm -hmm. think I don't pull my weight around here, uh, mm -hmm. they think I'm irrelevant, like you're building this whole thing, which by the way, when you start to run those programs, they don't hang out and go, oh, this is a great uh, <laughs> uh, intellectual exercise. They're like, right. no, we're tapping into the emotions because 
Every time you have a thought, it goes from a thought to feeling to action. So the thought is going to trigger the limbic system to tell your body something. It's going to make it mad. It's going to give it fight, flight, or freeze mode. It's going to do something that's going to uh, have it. Uh, and all feeling is a chemical being released. Right. So there's going to be chemicals that are going to be released. And when we have chemicals released, we have actions. So that can turn out to be like, what the F, dude? Right. Or that can turn out to be, you know, um, you going on silent treatment mode. Right. Or that can be, you know, and you stew and you stir and, you know, six hours later, you're still not talking to them. They don't know why and you don't know why, but you know you're justified. <laughs> All it is, is, you know, becoming aware that this exists so that you can figure out what's the program. Because, by the way, and this happened with me, uh, I, I installed something in our relationship where every Monday we'd have a conversation. Where wow. anything that they annoyed me with the week before and anything I annoyed them with, we'd have a time outside of emotions mm-hmm. practical to go over it and we would um spend 10 minutes before we got together to see oh was this really about him or was this my issue mm-hmm. if it was about the other person we'd share it so uh and we'd share it and so i shared that one and you know what he said to me he what? said oh i thought i was doing you a favor right i wanted to um put the dish in there so it'd be easier because you always put the plates to the side and I always have to reach over. And so it just feels like a pain that I have to go over here and do this. Right. So I, I was making it easier for you. Right. Yeah, it, you it, it is. It is. It's that different interpretation that we're both, you know, you're functioning off of yours. I'm functioning off of my interpretation. And we never bother to check in like you did in your in this relationship. So I just want to remind people that this is Happily Ever After. It's just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking with mindset coach and best-selling author, Dino Sutter, about how to make real changes in your life. And it's one thing to identify an area of your life, say your marriage, that you want to be better. And it's another thing to make it happen. And as you're hearing today, it's harder than you think. Most people try to do it on their own, and that is one of the mistakes. So if you're really committed to making your relationship better, I can help. So please don't let another year go by with things staying the same. I invite you to schedule a five-star relationship call with me today. You can reach me by phone at area code 919-924-0463. Or you can send me an email at Leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S coaching and is in Nancy Charlie.com. And now I want to get back to this conversation about how people can make real change in their lives. So, Dino, we're talking about trying to, you're talking about the triggers and identifying the triggers. So when somebody does identify the trigger, what actually works in helping them, you know, if they're committed to making a change in their life, whether it's a big change or a small change? Yeah. So it's, it's not, uh it's not easy (laughs) no (laughs) Uh, so the first step is awareness Uh once you start to become aware and you can start to identify and if you can start to identify what the program is that you are you are i would say 50 percent of the way but the problem is if every time we knew we should do better we did better we'd all be in happy relationships but right, we don't. Right. There's a disconnect. And it's because of the way the mind works. You always hear about the mind-body connection. 
Mm -hmm. um, and it's because a thought alone is never going to cause transformation. You have to attach a thought to an experience. Mm -hmm. And the problem is when you're triggered, you can't always go back to that same moment and ask for that to change. Right. So, uh, for example, you get mad at your husband, you throw a checkbook down the stairs. Um, <laughs> You know, you, you're telling you, stories on me, Dino. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so can you, you, you can't go back and say, hey, hey, honey, will you say that thing that you said last time that made me throw the thing? And I'm going to throw it, but I'm going to choose a different way. Because even by saying that you're creating a different neural pathway, you're not in the same neural pathway. Uh -huh. And so you have to, uh, to create not only a neural synapse, which is the thought, but you have to create the pathway, which is the experience in order to create that transformation. And so what, what I do is I actually have a meditation called the alchemy meditation, uh -huh. where once you really understand the anatomy of why you were triggered, you really understand the program underneath it, you can go back and meditation uh -huh. and experience it like it's real time because the brain doesn't know the difference between reality and non-reality uh -huh. and then while you're experiencing that um you go through a transformation thing a, a a a part of the meditation and you go back to the experience and you experience it completely different uh -huh. and when you're connecting that new thought that new story about them because the the projection the uh, motivations, the story about them completely changes. And when it changes about them, it changes about you. What does it mean about you? And when you have that change, then there's new emotions and those new emotions learn, uh, lead to a new reaction. And so within that, and it doesn't happen, you do it one time and all of a sudden you're better. No, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> what, wouldn't again, that be nice, right? <laughs> yeah, because we've created these programs over 20, 30, 40 years. And we've repeated them and repeated them and repeated them. So we've got these really deep rutted programs that exist. And so it's like being on a hiking path that's been carved over 30 years. And there's this plush uh, jungle to the left. And you know where this one leads, right? It leads right. you off of the edge of the cliff. Right. But the other one leads to a beautiful waterfall pool over here. And you're like, this is so important. And right. And I don't know if you can hear the dog in the background. My apologies. Lucky right. squirrel. I don't know. Right. So um, anyway, so what happens is uh, if you know that and you start to approach it uh -huh. and go through to get to the other side um, and you do it once and then you walk away and you continue to re repeat the other pattern, then what's going to happen? Well, right. The jungle is going to grow back up. And it's going to close off that entrance. So it's a it's a practice that you create, where you become aware and you start to understand what's happening with your triggers. And then you don't just have the knowledge; you start to apply it right. in real life, in experiences, but through meditation, which is easily accessible. So I want to go back because I know because this I run into this a lot with my clients, especially. Yep. I mean, you know, when we're talking about marriage and relationships and and you know, there's you have an a, you have a vested emotional interest in in this in this thing, and you know I you get triggered, I get triggered, and I'm flooded, and I have this story that I'm telling myself about this other person, and so <laughs> you know, and and so in that moment, I mean, you know, you talked about the checkbook down the stairs, and I felt so justified in that moment. It was just like. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, 
like, and not, you know, I look back on it, it's like, okay, that was not a very a, a good thing to do. But, um, you know, so how do you, I mean, in the moment, because I know this is one of those things, it's like we're flooded, you know, the fight or flight brain takes over. And I mean, and I know that the key is connecting in the cognitive brain. Um, but how do people, how do you suggest people do that? Because it's like, we, you know, as opposed to just giving ourselves permission to just run with that, not particularly helpful feeling. Well, so it's a muscle. Okay. And it needs to be exercised. So what I have my clients do, one of the first things they always do is create a triggered journal. Okay. And every single time they get triggered, they write it down. And what I tell them not to do is don't tell me a backstory. Mm -hmm. I don't care. You don't <laughs> care. Right. The, the moment that you're triggered is all that matters because it's tapping into a program. That's all we need to know. So it could be as simple as uh, my boss said, oh, is this it? Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, what does that mean about me? Like, oh, I'm not presenting enough, right? All the programs that go off of, or your spouse drops the plate in the sink or uh, takes the remote control from between you and puts it on the other side of them. Okay. So these are, that's all you would put, you know, partner, grab the remote and put it on the other side of them. And what you do is you keep a log of that throughout the day. And the more you do that, the more you're seeing it, mm -hmm. the more you're becoming hyper aware. So the thing about triggers is the, all those emotions and stuff come flooding in because we've always allowed them to. Right. We've created the habit of this is okay. This is the way the world works. This is who I am, but it doesn't have to be. So you have to start to exercise the muscle where you're become hyper aware that it exists, that it's happening. And then you can start to make choice from that. Do I go down this path of throwing checkbooks down the stair and yelling <laughs> at the top of my lungs? Or do I instead recognize that I'm getting emotionally hijacked and uh -huh. it might benefit me to say, you know what, I, I can't have a conversation with you right now. I need to step away and then allow yourself to process the emotions. Um, and so, I, again, it's, it's not magic. No. It's practice. Everything is a practice. I, uh, I have a set system where I walk people through and part of it involves a morning routine. Part of it involves an evening routine. And I consider it like brushing your teeth. Mm -hmm. If you want good dental hygiene, you brush your teeth and floss. If you want right. good mental hygiene, you do the morning routine and the evening routine so that you're not getting hijacked by cavities throughout the day. Right. Uh, you're not having to do these other things. So, so you know, it, it and it, it's interesting. And one of the things that when I'm working with my clients, because, you know, of course, being a relationship coach, there's always another person. Although in reality, there's always other people in our lives at, at no matter what level. Yep. And it's so easy to look, you know, I mean, what, you know, I tell people, um, nobody, nobody can make you mad. They can do something that annoys you. They can do something that bothers you, but, but, but you're, but you're choosing then to get mad. Right. Um, and so, you know, this is one of the things that, that I run into with my clients is because, you know, they're, they're trying to follow, um, you know, the advice, the, the, use the tools that I'm giving them. And then the other person continues to their same behavior. And so it's like, you know, so, so yeah. what should people be on the lookout for? Because it's like, you know, the, these, these, these triggers don't ever, 
ever go away, right? It's just be, I, I'm hearing that we just become more in charge of them. Is that what I'm hearing? So I, uh, one of the things that my clients tell me, um, that was never a thing that I ever sold them on. Uh -huh. It happens every single time. They say, Dino, I'm, I'm finally starting to feel in control. Mm -hmm. So what we're all looking for is control over our emotions to choose when, and, uh, when we use them and when we don't. There's nothing wrong with an emotion. In fact, I would argue that happiness is being able to experience every single emotion and not getting hijacked by any. Oh, I like uh, that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's this idea um, of control. And mm -hmm. what control really means is not being able to control somebody else. It's being right. able to control ourselves. And so if I'm in the boardroom and somebody's peppering me with questions that normally would make me feel like I'm doing a bad job, make me feel like I'm an idiot, make me feel like I need to be better educated on, you know, uh, how to build up financial uh, models, mm -hmm. whatever it is, I can say, mm, no, I'm catching it. I'm seeing it. And because as soon as you get emotionally hijacked, as soon as you're triggered, you're no longer present mm -hmm. you're living in the past and you need to be actively listening and you don't actively listen when you live in the past so you need to be in the present so by interrupting that gives you control to be in the present and hear what they're saying mm -hmm. and this is super important for relationships yep. because many times we know that the argument that's happening it's never about the argument it's never nope. about the thing it's about all these other things but that's because we're getting emotionally hijacked by the past instead of staying present and hearing what the other person needs and yeah go ahead yeah i mean you know and 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 that is such a a challenging thing one because we're not taught how to do this sure. uh, <laughs> you know and it's and it's interesting because because one of the things that i always tell my my clients is you know if if you are emotionally hijacked if you are emotionally spun out yep. you are incapable of having a productive conversation. And yet, you know, and I hear, well, it's like, you know, so I tell people, you know, take a time out, do whatever. And they, and, and one of the things that I, I tell them is like, well, but my partner won't let me go. Like, I get that. And sometimes you may actually literally have to leave the the home right <laughs> because yep. because it's never going to go well i mean and that to me is also that other person is triggered your partner's yep. triggered well, that's exactly what it is right and, and so now you've got two you. triggers going on and somebody it's like I, I talk about somebody stepping up and being the hero in that moment to say yep. you know i'm i can't do this right now can we pick this up in an hour or can we you know, come back to this tomorrow morning. Um, because, but, but we, but, but we, it's that flooding is that I don't like this feeling. I want the feeling to go away. So I think if I do something with it now, it's going to go away. And what I'm hearing from you is it's just going to send us back onto that old yeah. super highway. Yep. That's right. That's right. Uh, you know, uh, I, I've mentioned this before that a trigger is like a super highway uh, there's one entrance and one exit and it happens in a millisecond. Uh -huh. And so uh, the idea with the work that I do is let's spread out that super highway to give you two seconds to look for other off ramps. Uh -huh. And what you're talking about is other off ramps. And I think that's an agreement that relationships um, that the two people in the relationship have to make when they're not emotionally charged. Yeah. That listen, we both can get emotionally charged. It doesn't make us right or wrong. It just makes uh -huh. us play into our old programs, right. which should be a relief 
because the thing is, whatever's going on in us is not about the other person. It's about us. If we can understand that, yeah. then when we're getting amped up and we want to blame and we want to make it all about the other person, then we can say, wait, but there, but there's something I need to learn right now for me. And so that recommendation that I mentioned before, where we did once a week mm -hmm. uh, and we would meet up and say what annoyed us, the the problem is most people don't think if they, if I don't say it now, it won't ever be heard. Right. And by doing that little journaling exercise where you journal down those things that you can have a conversation about, you know, you're going to have a conversation about it, but now you're pulling out the emotional time, uh -huh. which gives you freedom to be able to say, Hey, you remember last week when this happened, you made me feel this way. And if you've both agreed to listen to each other uh -huh. without the judgment, without right. and hearing what they're saying, then what happens, they go, Oh, I never meant to make you feel that way. In fact, I thought of it like this and you're right. like, Oh, that's completely different. Right. Oh, you, you have a different system of how you do the dishes. Now I know. Well, when I'm doing it, can we do it this way? When you're doing it, I'll do it your way. Right. And now this argument that's been going on for two years doesn't exist anymore. And, right. um, but you do have to have agreement that both, both people want that and that they're willing to do the work. And, you know, I, divorce and all that stuff is really challenging and I never recommend it, but I do say you need somebody else who wants to work as hard as you. And if they don't, you know, um, and you choose to continue in that, because again, if you're choosing to stay and they don't have to change, then why would they ever? Well, and that's, I mean, and, and, and again, but that's where what I do with my clients is don't focus on them changing because that's, that's an exercise yep. in futility focus on. And, and again, this is the hard part. Focus on what, what you're doing, what you have. Cause I love that talking about you people want to control, but the only thing we can control is what am I choosing to do in this particular yep. moment? And I love it because it really is about a choice, but you've got to get to that, yep. that I'm not automatically knee-jerk reaction into this thing and that that's really where the kernel for success of making any real change and, and I do think that that's why I think I said this what I said earlier about it I have to want to do it for me and it's like you said the pain the pain of staying the same has to be greater than the pain of doing something different yeah. because change is hard it it is and and but it's worth it so i always say this um what would it be worth to you uh, you know that fight right every relationship has that fight it's a mm -hmm. word it's mm -hmm. a person it's a whatever that happens what would it feel like what would it be worth to you if you knew that the next time that thing came up you were in full control, didn't get emotionally hijacked and could respond from the best version of yourself. Uh -huh. How much would that change that argument going forward? How much would that change the relationship going forward? Um, instead of, you know, one of my clients, the word crazy was a legit trigger. Uh, yeah. And every time the spouse called him crazy, he literally would then live it out. Right. Right. <laughs> and, but the spouse knew it. Right. Yes. That's, so that's not a healthy dynamic, but yes. Yeah. And so the, the question is though, but it's just a word. Mm -hmm. So if you can diffuse the program that sits underneath the word so that the word has no more power, the partner can use it. And then you can easily say, Hey, right. I, 
I know what you're trying to do. Right. You're trying to trigger me because you're feeling defensive and uncomfortable. And I hate that for you. And I want the best for us, but this isn't the way to get it. So I'm going to need you to figure out um, why you're doing that. How empowering would that feel? Right. Versus flying off the handle, yelling a bunch of expletives, getting mad, stomping out of the room, uh, embarrassing yourself in front of your four-year-old child and everybody else, and then right. feeling justified and getting hijacked for a weekend. Right. Like that's power. The power is when you have the control to determine how you're going to respond to any statement and any situation out of the best version of you, which is only found when you're in the present and when you're in your right mind. Well, I love that. And you and I could, could, could continue to talk about this forever, but uh, we're out of time for today. So could you please share where people can learn more about this? Because it truly is transformative. When, when we're willing to take on our own stuff, that's where all the power is. So, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I do have a website. Um, for some people, it's working. For some people, it's not right now. <laughs> it's dinosutter.com. It's like Dean with an O on it. Uh, Sutter as in the cheap wine. Um, so dinosutter.com. If it's your favorite, I apologize in advance. But uh, So um, you can go there. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm pretty easy to find. I have a, um, a, a good following. And that's just, again, D-E-A-N-O-S-U-T-T-E-R. If you search that, I should be the only one. If there's others, let me know. I was going to say, uh, no, there, there's, and, only, there's one and only Dino Center. That's right. But there's a ton of catfish. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so you can find me on there. You can learn more about me. Uh, I hear why people call me. You know, I've had hundreds of thousands of people call me the good son. Um, so it's, those are great places and that'll lead you to, uh, my Calendly link and ways to reach out. Uh, and I also run a men's group right now called the rising tides club. Uh, that's been very successful for high achieving men who are lo looking to do, um, looking to grow internally, connect externally with other men who are like them and then create meaningful impact. And uh, the target market for that typically is late 30s to 50s, because that's the part and that's the time when men uh, tend to be the loneliest mm -hmm. and where they lean on their partner to fill the void, but it's not the partner's job. And yeah. so they need other men that they can connect with thoughtfully, who speak the same language, who understand the same struggles and also want to succeed in the same ways. So um, those are those are the ways to find me. Okay, so so that's Dino D E A N O Sutter S U T T E R dot com, and so Albert Einstein said, "We cannot solve our problems with the same thing we used when we created them," which means your thinking needs to change. And as you've heard today, this is hard, though it is not impossible to do on your own. So if you're serious about making real change, I have a question. What steps are you willing to take? And hopefully one of those steps is to continue to listen to this show. And until next week, stay loving. <laughs>